All right, so welcome everyone. It is wonderful to be here with you all this morning. And I know you're not really in here with us here, but you're here online. And so thank you again for joining us. I am Yvonne Samia, and I'm absolutely blessed to be able to bring you the word of God this morning. Um, I wanna join Major Phil from last week and wish all of our graduates uh, congratulations. I know it's different this year because of the coronavirus, but I'll tell you what's really cool is I've seen a lot of creativity in this time of adversity. I've seen Mililani High School do a really cool uh, graduation ceremony for their graduates. I've seen posters of all the graduates along the fence line at uh, Kapolei High School and uh, been to a couple of drive-bys to, to wish our graduates a, a Congratulations. So again, I want to say congratulations. Know that we are uh, rooting for you, cheering for you, and uh, we're praying for you. Uh, we're going to get into the word right now. And before we get into the word, I just want to say a prayer for us all. Uh, so if you would bow your heads, please. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning, Father. Father, I just pray, uh, Lord, that you would still our minds and uh, quiet us, Heavenly Father, and open our hearts, Lord, that we will receive the word that you have today for us. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would speak like no one else can, Father God, and that we would take what you have for us today and we would go out and share it, Father God, that we would share it with our neighbors, with our families, with our co-workers, uh, with our children and their friends, Father. And so Lord, uh, before we start, we just wanna pause and give you glory and give you honor and give, give you praise because you are so worthy to be praised, Lord. And so Father, we love you. We give you much thanksgiving uh, have your way this morning in jesus name we pray amen amen all right so today uh, this is the second week of uh, we're looking at the parables and today's parables are the parables of the mustard seed and yeast or also known as leaven um, so the first thought that came to mind when we talk about parables is what is a parable? You know, I used to uh, think of the parable as like being a higher language or like a deep riddle that I had to figure out. And I was a little bit intimidated about the word until I heard this. And this is like an easy definition of what a parable is. So a parable is, uh, it's an earthly story that represents a heavenly truth. An earthly story that represents a heavenly truth. Um, and so that's what we're going to look at in the book of Matthew 13 this morning. And just to give you a visual of what's going on in this passage in Matthew chapter 13, um, it is Jesus and his 12 disciples. They're already well into his ministry. And on this particular day, Jesus goes out of the house and he sits by the lake. And uh, he's already very popular by now. And so there's a large crowd that gathers around him. So he goes and he gets in a boat and he sits in it while the people are standing along the shoreline. And then he starts telling them parables. Um, and in your Bible, you will notice that the words are in red. That tells you that it is Jesus who is speaking. So let's look at Matthew 13, 31 to 32, the parable of the mustard seed. And it says this, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. 
Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Again, a parable is an earthly story that represents a heavenly truth. You know, uh, here's the earthly story. When Jesus talks about the mustard seed being a small seed, like he's not kidding. It's not just small, it is tiny, like two millimeters. And I had to put it uh, in this Ziploc bag because if I tried to hold it just by itself, it would probably fall and get lost on, on this stage. When you look at this tiny, tiny mustard seed, there's so much more to it than meets the eye. For instance, this mustard seed comes in a variety of colors, yellow, white, black, brown. This tiny mustard seed has nutritional facts. It has vitamins A, B6, B12, C, E, K. It also has minerals, calcium, magnesium, iron, zinc, and electrolytes, sodium, and potassium, as well as medicinal uses. The oil is used to relieve muscle pain, rheumatism, arthritic pain. It's a laxative. And in India, they use it to stimulate hair growth. Now, in, in addition to all of that, it makes some delicious mustard. Like how many of you enjoy a, uh, a little mustard on your hot dog? Or how many of you like curry? One of its key ingredients is this mustard seed. All right, so in verse 31, it says, a man took it and planted it in his field. Church, you know, sometimes we can read things rather nonchalantly, but here's food for our earthly story thought. When we say took something, like here, the man took the mustard seed and planted it, it means that he obtained it, or he grasped it, or he seized it for a purpose. He had an idea for it. See, this man is intentionally planting a mustard seed to grow a mustard bush or a mustard tree so that his family could eventually enjoy some mustard on their hot dog or in a curry dish. Or maybe because it says that he planted it in his field. It doesn't say he planted it in his garden. It says he planted it in his field. That maybe he was planning to have a business selling mustard. When he plants this tiny mustard seed, this man, he doesn't immediately see anything, but he has faith that he will see a harvest in the future. He has faith that from this tiny little mustard seed, he will be able to feed his family, maybe even run a business. A small seed packaged with so much that the naked eye cannot see, but with the eyes of faith, the potential is amazing. See, the seed has the potential to grow into a huge tree, the potential to feed families, to start a business that can be passed down for generations. It has nutritional and medicinal value, all that in this tiny little mustard seed. So let's look at uh, the verse, the next verse and what it says. It says, um, it becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in it, in its branches. See, we have a plan for the seed, but God can take it and do even more with it. 
As I was reading this Bible passage, those two words jumped out at me, so that. They jumped out at me. And it's so cool that whenever I'm studying and doing research to put a message together, I'll write stuff down from the scripture that jumps out at me and then I'll be like, God, is this what you want to say? Am I on track here? So during this time, as I'm researching, I come across a message and the preacher starts talking about so that. And I'm like, okay, God, let's talk about the so that. See, church, so that means that whatever is before the so that has a purpose for after the so that. For example, my parents sent me to the college so that I could have a better career. My husband works very hard so that he can provide for our family. Jesus died on the cross so that we can have life everlasting. There is a very intentional purpose. For the man in our earthly story, it was to grow mustard trees so that his family could eat and have a business. But God takes our so that earthly story and he makes it so much more. Verse 32 says, it becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. What the man thought he was planting to provide for himself and his family and possibly a business, God can take it and do even more with it. He uses it to provide for the birds to have a place to go and perch on, to perch in the branches of the tree, I imagine provides a soft, cool place for them to rest and to nest. A parable is an earthly story about a heavenly truth. So now let's transition into the heavenly truth of this same parable. In fact, let's read it real quick again. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Here in the heavenly, the, the, the mustard seed represents the kingdom of heaven. That's the, the heavenly truth. The man represents Jesus and the field represents the world. The kingdom of heaven started very small with Jesus and just 12 men. Just Jesus and 12 men in a faraway place, far away from Hawaii, more than 14,000 miles away, and more than 2,000 years ago, it was just Jesus and 12 men. Now that's a very tiny group if you think about how in the world did just 12 men get the gospel to spread all over the world. I mean, thousands upon thousands of miles around the globe, including here in Hawaii. And it's been more than 2,000 years and counting long after the lives of these 12 men ended here on earth. So let's read about how the kingdom begins to expand. Let's read about the Pentecost. And that's found in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. The Holy Spirit comes at the Pentecost. And it says this, When the day of the Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there was staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't, these, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native tongue, language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, that is a Roman province by the name, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Well, here's what it means. It means that when we follow Jesus and avail our lives to him and his purposes, God will take our lives and put his super upon our natural. He will do the supernatural, miraculous works that only he can do when we surrender our lives for his purposes. Man, how would you like to instantly be able to speak another language? That's super cool, right? Just like the mustard seed, these 12 men had so much more in them than meets the naked eye not because of who they were, but because of who God is. You know, I love the song that says this about God, that he's the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that filled them and caused an explosion that spread from just 12 men to literally save billions of Christians around the world. Today, there are 2.5 billion Christians throughout the world. Christianity is the major religion around the globe, including North America, South America, most of Europe, Australia, and the Sub-Saharan Africa. It is the minority religion in large parts of Africa and Asia. Just like the mustard seed that starts tiny, but grows into an enormous tree so that birds can perch in their branches. It doesn't even say like on their branches, but in their branches. The kingdom of heaven here on earth started small, just Jesus and the 12, but has grown across the globe so that whosoever will may enter into God's kingdom. That seed that Jesus sowed into just 12 men has grown into God's kingdom here on earth from 12 to 2.5 billion. Wow. All right, let's look at the parable of the yeast or also known as the parable of the leaven. And that's found in uh, the same chapter, verse 33. And it says, he, hold that he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed it in about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. 
There's that word took again. Yeast that a woman took. There's intention, a purpose, like auntie took it and is going to make something with it. When I think of 60 pounds of flour, that's big. Have you ever carried a 50 pound bag of rice? It's big, it's heavy, or a 50 pound kid, especially when he's sleeping. It's big, he's heavy. So a 60 pound bag of flour is even more than that. And it sounds like a lot of work ahead if you're gonna take all of that flour and work the little yeast throughout the dough. Now here's my confession. I'm not a baker. I mean, I can do the cake in the, in the box thing, right? The cake mix in the box. But we're talking from scratch here. So here's what I learned in my research that all you bakers probably already know. It's that when yeast gets into dough, it feeds on the sugar, producing carbon dioxide and creates alcohol in a process called fermentation. The gas created becomes trapped in the dough, causing the dough to rise and grow and fill the space of whatever container it's in. And sometimes if the container is too small, it begins to outgrow the container and spill all over. And if my science is off, it's because I was a social worker major in college. But my point is the yeast becomes an activator. It takes the inactive flat dough and transforms it from the inside into a living, rising, growing organism. Here's what I learned. A little yeast in the dough, it can change everything from the inside. Church, isn't the yeast like the gospel of Jesus Christ? When you get a little word into someone and you keep mixing it, and you keep kneading it into their life. You need in the gospel, God's love, God's kindness, his compassion, his forgiveness, accountability. And then you let them bake a while while you pray and allow the Holy Spirit to do his miraculous works. The verse says that the woman worked 60 pounds of flour. That's a lot for one person to tackle, to make all that dough, to bake all that bread. That's why we need more bakers, and I'm speaking to myself as well. The Bible says that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. We need more Christians to take the good news of Jesus Christ to the world so that they can taste that this bread is good. We need more Christians to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world so that they can be saved from the enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion to and fro seeking who he can devour. What these two parables teach us is this, never despise small, humble beginnings. The mustard seed starts tiny but can grow into enormous sizes. Within the mustard seed is the miraculous power to perpetuate life. A small amount of yeast becomes an activator that brings flat dough to life that can rise and grow and expand beyond any perceived limitations. God can take those small, humble beginnings and in our obedience, work his miracles. Here's an example of a life with very humble beginnings. Ravi Zacharias, born in 1946 until 2020. Now here is a man who was born and raised in India. He did not do well in school. 
He was more interested in the game of cricket than he was in his studies. It was told to Rabbi this, it was told to him, you will not travel far or very much in your life. There is no future for you abroad. In his youth, Ravi was a skeptic of faith. In India, there is an enormous amount of pressure to perform academically. At age 17, after not doing well in his examinations, he attempted suicide. In a hospital bed in Delhi, India, as he was recovering from that suicide attempt, he was given a Bible by a hospital worker. A young rabbi read the words in the Bible from John 14, 19 that said this, because I live, you also will live. It was then and there that something began to stir and to rise up in him. He surrendered his life to Christ. He said, I will leave no stone unturned in the pursuit of truth. Ravi immigrated to Canada with his family at age 20 and later to the United States. By the time he's 37, and this is a short list with all glory to God, he's already taken the gospel across North America. He's prayed with military prisoners in Vietnam. He's ministered to students in Cambodia that was on the brink of collapse. He undertook a global preaching trip to England, went eastwards through Europe and the Middle East and finished on the Pacific Rim. In that one year, Zacharias preached nearly 600 times in over a dozen countries. And at age 37, he was invited by Billy Graham to preach at the inaugural International Conference for Evangelists in Amsterdam. In his lifetime, he's written 28 books. And since then, he was a worldwide evangelist until he passed away on Tuesday at age 74. The number of lives that this man impacted are countless. The man who was born and raised in India, who didn't do well in school, who almost ended his own life at age 17. While hospitalized, he reads a passage in the Bible that changes his life forever. And with just a little bit of yeast, the Holy Spirit in his miracle working power takes Ravi and changes the world. Church, when Jesus gave the disciples the great commission, he told them that the kingdom of heaven here on earth would start with them. Through the power of the Holy Spirit at the Pentecost, the leaven or the yeast of the gospel would begin to work its way through Jerusalem. From there, it would impact the rest of the world. You know, bakers say that the dough with yeast will continue to expand to where it cannot be, be contained in its original container, and it will outgrow it and run onto everything else around it. Church, isn't that what we want for the gospel of Jesus Christ? That it would permeate throughout us, that it would transform us from the inside, that it would fill us and overflow from us and spill out unto all of those around us. And all it takes is for each of us to take a little bit of yeast, the gospel, and share it, kneading it, working it into the places where we live, where we work, and where we play. Your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, your teammates, the other parents at your children's sports events or school activities, See, when we do our part, God will do the rest beyond what we could ever ask for or imagine. And maybe you're not gonna be world famous, 
but maybe you're gonna be that tree that people like the birds can come to for a safe and encouraging resting spot until it's time to fly again. Church, never despise humble beginnings. God has a plan. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Heavenly Father, so much uh, that you are always in control, no matter what our eyes see, no matter what we're feeling, Father, no matter the circumstance, that you are in control and you have a great plan. Your promise, Heavenly Father, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that you have a plan for each and every one of us, Lord, a plan not to harm us, but to prosper us, a plan to give us a future and a hope, Father God. And so, Father, I just pray that each and every one of us would take Take your, take your word and take your love to heart, Father God, that we would allow it, allow it to, uh, to help us grow, Heavenly Father, from the inside, that we would rise up, Heavenly Father, and step into your call for our lives. Father, that we would share it, Heavenly Father, to, uh, with those that you put in our path, Father, even our loved ones at home, Father God, our, our co-workers, um, those in the community, Father. Father, uh, everything that we do, may it bring glory unto your name. So be with us today, Heavenly Father, and uh, we just wanna say how much we love you and honor you and thank you for who you are and for your word. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.